Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. It is Easter Sunday, and we are celebrating the life of Jesus. He is risen. He lives. God robbed the grave and offers us that same life. Let's join Pastor CJ as he gives a special Easter message called Pierced. We hope you enjoy this message. Sunday. We are so glad that you are with us today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for inviting your friends and your family to be a part of this service today. We are so excited of what God is doing here at Adventure Church. And before we get started in the service, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for all what you have done here at the church, all what you continue to do here at the church. Cheryl and I love you so dearly. We are so grateful for you. Jesus is truly today alive. He's alive not only amongst us, but he lives within us. The Bible says, don't you know that you are a temple of God and God's spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And I'm so excited today that we can worship together and we can celebrate a resurrected Savior who not only is alive but now lives within us. And that's why we can say, as the Word of God says, greater is he that's in you and me. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And that great is Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our King of Kings, the one who was raised from the dead, who now is seated at the right-hand side of the Father, making intercession for us today. He is alive. God is alive. I recognize and realize that we didn't have the opportunity this Friday to do a Good Friday service. And part of Good Friday service is all about recognizing the beating and the suffering and the things that Jesus went through, the stripes that he bore upon his back, the blood that he shed for us. But today, as you've seen the video that we put out on Thursday about getting ready to partake of communion, this morning, this resurrected Sunday, we want it all together as a family, all together as a family, partake together. So if you're on your couch and you're in your lazy boy, I want to encourage you right now to stand to your feet. If you have your emblem, stand to your feet. With Let's join together as a family. I'm praying today that we are over the top. As I mentioned on the video last Easter, we had 621 people. Today, I'm believing that we're over the top, that we're going to see a thousand people saved or come to the service and fellowship with us today. So thank you for being with us today. And as you're standing, take in the, your hand today the emblem and take in your hand the emblem, the bread that represents the body. The body, as Pastor Cheryl prays over that, Pastor Andrew in the background is going to lead us in because he lives. And because he lives today, we can face tomorrow, no matter what the adversity is going on around us, with regardless of this virus and all these things that are happening, our God lives. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he took upon our sins, and by his stripes we are healed today. So Father, heal our land. Father, heal our country. Heal our physical bodies today. So if you have your emblems today, I want to encourage you right now. Lift up the bread as Pastor Cheryl prays over the body. Lord Jesus, we just pray right now, Lord. You know the different things that are going on in different people's bodies. Lord, we ask for complete healing. And Lord, I know that the focus this year is all about this coronavirus, but Lord, I pray right now for supernatural healing, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you would just reach across this world and bring healing, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Lord, right now, for those that are going through other things besides this virus thing, that are going through other sicknesses, we pray right now that by your stripes they are healed. 
by your stripes, Lord. Lord, we pray this in agreement with one another. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for what you've done for us in your wonderful and precious name. Amen. Amen. Let's partake together. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You believe that today? Because he lives. He lives. You believe that? Now I want you to take the cup in your right hand this morning. As we honor our Lord, our Savior, our resurrected Father this morning, I want you to recognize and realize what our Savior, our Lord, our Redeemer has done for us. Today we seal the deal with the blood. We cover ourselves with the blood. And the blood blots out all our past, our faults, our failures, and our sins. So this morning, maybe you don't feel worthy. Maybe you don't feel loved. Maybe you don't be accepted. But I'm here to tell you it's by the blood of Jesus that washes and cleanses you and makes you whole. So this morning, I want to encourage you, lift it up as we honor God. Father, we thank you for the cup. We thank you, Father, for the blood that was shed for us. Thank you, Father, that it washes and cleanses and makes us whole again. Lord, you say you make us white as snow. Lord, you remove the faults and the failures in our lives, and you remember them no more. So this morning, Father, we do this in remembrance of you. And when we remember what you have done for us, you bore the cat of nine tails upon your body. You took the spikes within your hands, within your feet, and you shed your blood for you, for us today, so that we can have life through you. We thank you, Father, for the blood, and today, Father, we do this in remembrance of you. Let's partake together. Because he lives. Come on, Pastor Andrew. You believe that? My Savior God to thee. How great thou art. Sing it if you know it. Come on. How great thou art. Come on, sing it one more time, Andrew. Come on.
Father, we thank you for your greatness. Thank you for our wonderful church, Adventure Church, and all the listeners today. Lord, we may not be present in body, but I know, God, that we are with them in spirit. And Lord, you say where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst of us. I thank you that, Father, you're in every living room. You're even in a semi-truck with Dana. And I praise you and thank you that, Father, wherever people are gathered right now listening to this broadcast, that, God, you are with them. And where two or three agree, it shall be done. Father, today, Cheryl and I stand in agreement for every household here right now that, God, you are a great God. We're not just going to sing about how great thou art. We're going to experience it, God, that you're going to bless each and every individual here right now, whether it be financial, physical, spiritual, emotional, that, God, you're going to visit them to their house right now. Just as you came to Zacchaeus' house, God, you're coming to our house. And when you show up, God, you show out. All things become possible. So thank you, Father, for providing. Thank you for meeting the needs of every household here today. And Father, if there's a physical need, I thank you in advance for touching them from the crowns of their head to the soles of their feet. Father, be with us throughout the remainder of this service. Prepare our hearts, God, for the word of God. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. We thank you for this wonderful, wonderful church. And Cheryl and I truly love them. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Thank you, my wife. Thank you so much. God is so good. I'm so excited to be in your house today. I don't know about you, but I look forward to Easter or Resurrection Sunday. Many of us have different terminologies for it, but all I know is I serve a resident. Savior. I serve a God today who's alive and well. I remember the song back in the day that we used to sing, In Him We Live and Move and Have Our Being. And that is so true. In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we have life and life more abundantly. I don't know if you saw the video that came out on Thursday, but I want to remind you to make sure that you take out your blank piece of paper and have that in front of you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to write some things down because we want to engage with you about the service today. We want to engage with what God is doing here at Adventure Church. Also, if you uh, heard the announcement, we want you to dress in some crazy Easter outfit. Maybe your Easter your best, whatever it is, and we're going to have a contest amongst the staff, uh, whoever sends in your picture, and I want to encourage you to send it online or send it out to us so that we can have a contest to see who has the craziest outfit, the nicest outfit, whatever the case may be, and we are going to send you a $50 gift card to the winner, and it's going to Visa card, so you can take it wherever you want to go, and as they are doing right now, you can even buy some toilet paper, so I just want to encourage you. All be a part. Let's, get, let's engage together as a family. I don't know about you today, but today is an exciting time because this is our hope. This is what it's all about. 
we celebrate today because of a risen Savior. This is a central theme of our belief. Why do we come to church? Why do we worship God? Why do we celebrate Jesus? Why do we exalt his name? Why? Because he's a living, breathing God that dwells amongst us today. And so I want to encourage you. We should shout it from the rooftops that, God, you are alive and well, and you dwell within me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. Amen. But I was reminiscing the other day as I put this sermon together, and I was telling Pastor Katie when I was writing this sermon the other day, I had uh, sitting at my table at my cabin, and I was writing this sermon, and I just was having it pour out of me. And I happened to glance out the window there at my cabin and look in the yard, and there was 14 deer in the yard there at my cabin. And they kept distracting me, and I was watching them, and I'd come back and write some more, and I'd go off and write the, uh, my sermon. But as I was thinking and praying and having my time with God, the first thing that God brought me to was John 3.16. I didn't want to do your typical message about the scars and the nails and his feet and so on. I wanted to bring it about in a, in a way that people could really truly understand what God has done. You know, God has always been in the business of giving. He's given us life. He's given us strength. He's given us hope. He's given all things to us. But one of the greatest things that God gave us was Jesus. In John 3.16, it reads these words. For God so loved the world, that's you and I. We once were lost, but now we're found. We, we're part of the world, but we're not of the world because of Jesus Christ. We're no longer of the world, but we're, we're, we live in the world, but we're not part of the world because Jesus found us and he cleansed us and he made us whole. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, he gave. How many know it says in Acts, it's better to give than it is to receive? God has always been in the business of giving. He gave his one and only son, his one and only son. He didn't have someone to replace the one that he gave. He gave the only one he had. He gave his best and nothing less. And that's what God is all about, always in the business of giving his best and nothing less. You see, the enemy loves to give his best first. And once you bite on that best thing that the enemy can give to you, it gets worse from there. But when Jesus gives you his best, it doesn't go worse. It gets better because the Bible said he gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. So God gave his best and nothing less in his form of the son. And then he goes on to say that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, that's the beautiful thing about this virus that's going on, and we're seeing some great athletes that have been passing away because of the virus and so on and so forth. But I wonder where their destiny would be. I wonder where their outcome would be when they laid to rest. But those who hope in the Lord have eternal life. There is no amen or period to eternal life. It means it keeps on existing, that you and I will continue to be around the throne room of God, worshiping with the angels and exalting his name. That's what eternal life means. But I like these 26 words, a parade. It says this, 26 words, a parade of hope beginning with God and ending with life. Beginning with God and ending with life. I left out the, the meat part, beginning with God and ending with life. The meat of that story is, is that Jesus is what gave us life because he laid down his life so that you and I can have life. And that's what it's all about. I Some time ago, the, the British 
when they would go to battle, one of the things that the British would do, they would conquer a territory or a bridge. And once they took over the bridge, and after they took over the bridge, they would all yell out together, burn the bridge. Once they conquered that bridge and that territory, they would yell out, burn the bridge. And all through the valley, and every soldier would hear. And what that was signifying was that there was no turning back once they burned the bridge. They couldn't cross over the river any longer because now there was no escape or way to do so because the bridge was burnt. When I think about Resurrection Sunday, that's what it's all about. When God sent his son Jesus, he sent his son, and when he sent his son to die for you and I, he burned the bridge. When Jesus came here as a babe and yet died as an adult at the 32 years old, he burned the bridge. There was no turning back. Why did he not burn the bridge? Or why did he burn the bridge? Why? It's because he loved you so much. I love this. Jesus burned the bridge because he loves you. He burned the bridge because he loves you. And it doesn't stop there that he loves you, and he believes in you. So he died for you. Did you get that? He loves you, and not only does he love you, but he believes in you. And I'm here to tell you today that your God loves you, and he believes in you that you're going to make it. Even though we're going through this time of crisis, he believes in you, that you have to believe in him now, and he will pull you through. I love this. The words of Scripture is like what the Mississippi River, the words of Scripture is like what the Mississippi River is to America. I love this. It runs right into the heart of our country. Isn't that exactly what God's word does? It goes right to the heart. The Bible says it cuts away those things in our lives. It cuts away those things that need to be removed. And what is it all about? The scriptures that God is life-giving, transforming and renewing every day. That's what that is. It cuts right to the heart, just like the Mississippi River runs right into the heartland of America. I love this. Scripture, God's word, the Bible, is the voice of God. Put in print, put in print the Bible in which you probably have in front of you right now so that we can read it, believe it, and receive the fullness that he has for us. That's what scripture is all about. So in saying that the scripture is put in print so that we can read it, I love then what Isaiah says in Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 7. He puts it in print so it could be clear to you and I to help us understand the story about Jesus. But this was foretold in the Old Testament. Before it even happened about Jesus, it was already beginning to take place. It was foretelling that this will take place. It was prophesied. It was foretold that these things are going to happen. So in Isaiah, 53, starting with verse 1, who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, referring to God or Jesus, and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty or to attach to us, to him, nothing in his appearance that shall desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Man, can you imagine that? Foretelling of what Jesus' life was going to be like. 
like the one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and he was held him in low esteem. And he says, surely he took upon our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But I love verse 5. But he was pierced, just like our theme for today. Our message is called pierced. He was pierced for our transgressions, our wrongs, our faults, our failures, our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That's exciting to me. He says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own ways, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of us all. Wow. Oh, man, can you imagine? He took all our garbage. He took all our junk and all our mess so that you and I could have a clean house, a clean temple. Then he goes on to say, he says, he was opposed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and like a sheep before his shears in silence. So he did not open his mouth. Can you imagine? That's what God did. God laid down his son. And Isaiah foretold that I'm going to send one that's going to lay down his life for you and I. You know, my daughter-in-law and my son, Rick, they had our ninth grandbaby. And because of the situation, we have not been able to really hold her. We only saw her a couple times just prior to this virus coming out. But we haven't had a chance to really hold her and be with her. We see pictures of her on Facebook, and we see FaceTime and all this kind of stuff that Don and Rick do so that we can see Kinsley. But you know what? Man, just those two times that I had an opportunity to hold Kinsley, Man, it just made me proud as a grandfather. And I'm not even her dad, but it made me proud as a grandfather. Why? Because, man, she still had that baby smell. She still had that soft skin. Man, she still was growing her hair, and she was just so cuddly. And I thought about, man, this service today. How could God take something so perfect in his son, just like Kinsley, and let him off to slaughter for you and I? Think about that. Just as I read earlier, that he loves you and he believes in you. That's the God that we serve. And I feel sorry for those that do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that those that may be on the fence, that you question that God really loves you. Isn't it enough to see how God loves you by giving his best and nothing less in the Son of Jesus Christ, who is without spot or wrinkle? I couldn't imagine giving up Kinsley. You see, listen, Jesus was perfect. He came to live but to die. He burned the bridge. There was no turning back. He came to live but yet to die. He burned the bridge. And so since we haven't had a chance to do Good Friday, I thought I'd sprinkle this verse of Scripture in, and I want you to write this down now on your blank piece of paper. In Matthew chapters 26 and 27. It tells all of the suffering. That's what Good Friday is all about, that he suffered. He ex experienced pain and all the, the things that they did, the ridicule and the spear in his side and the nails in his hands and feet. He experienced that pain in Matthew chapter 26 and 27. It tells all the suffering that Jesus went through just as it was told in Isaiah. So that was Isaiah 
was lived out now in Matthew 26 and 27. But I love this, now leading in to Easter or Resurrection Sunday, that gives us the hope we have today. It was foretold in Isaiah, and it happened in Matthew's chapter 26 and 27. I love this. But in Matthew 27, and I hope you're writing these down, in Matthew 27, 45 through 65, it shares about the death of Jesus. Today, a lot of people don't believe the message because they themselves have not seen it or experienced it. So because they haven't seen it or experienced it, they're related to Missouri. Show me state. I'll believe it when I see it. You see, let me say this to you. We can believe the news that we hear on CNN and Fox. We cannot believe the good news that Jesus died now and is alive. That's good news to me. How can we believe so much as President Trump and other people are saying fake news, but we can't believe the good news that Jesus died and now is alive and lives within you? Why is it that you can believe a lot of this stuff, but you can't believe the Word of God that has withstood persecution for over 2,000 years? My question to you if you can't believe in that, then maybe your foundation is weak. I love this. In Hebrews chapter 6, Hebrews speaking there, and, and he's talking there in Hebrews 6, verse 11, and I want you to hear this scripture. He goes on to say, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Have you ever thought about what it means to be without faith? It means to be, listen, without faith, without trusting, without believing, without accepting, without letting him in, without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please God. Why? Because this, because God, God, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That's why as your pastor, I can boldly stand here today and tell you I know that he exists. I experienced him in my own personal life. He's transformed me, changed me, and rearranged me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Why? Because I found and I experienced the true life, the life that comes only from Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say that he must believe that he exists. And look at this. He says this, and that he rewards those who earnestly Seek him. I love that. God says, if you believe that I exist and you believe that I'm the Lord and Savior and that I'm alive today, that I've risen from the grave, that I'm now making intercession for you, that you can trust me and depend upon me, guess what he says? He said, if you believe, I'm going to reward you. Can you imagine that? That God said, all you have to do is believe. And that's why for me, even though we're going through these turbulent times right now, I'm here to tell you today, I believe in the resurrected Savior. And because I believe in that, I'm receiving the rewards from him. And what are some of the rewards? His strength, his wisdom, his guidance, his hope, his peace, his assurance that everything is going to be okay. But here's the kicker. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says these words. Now, right now, right now where you're seated, now could be your moment. It's a now moment. Not tomorrow, not next week, but right now could be your moment to put your hope, put your faith in God. 
And here's what he said. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for, for an assurance about what we do not see. I like this. Listen, God's life. I love this. His life is his life that he laid down for you is new life for us. It's new life in Christ. Now is the day. Now is the time to select the Lord Jesus as your Savior. I love this. Our relationship with the Lord should not be based on what we have seen, on what we have seen or not seen, but in faith. What does that mean? Believing, trusting, and here's a big one. Believing, trusting, and letting down your guard. Many of you are not believing and trusting in God because you built the wall. And that wall may consist of hurts, scars, pains that you've experienced, maybe rejection from churches that you went through, and now because you went to that church or this church and you've experienced pain and maybe people talked about you. So you built up a wall. But believing or having faith means that, God, I'm going to let down this wall so that you can come in. I love this. The central theme of our belief is belief in him is this. He is alive and well. That's our central theme. That's why we celebrate that he is alive. Others might believe in other gods which are dead and still in the grave, but I as your pastor, I believe in the living and breathing savior. Signed, sealed, delivered, period. I believe in that. Paul said, who shall separate me from the love of God? Should it be persecution, hardships, and all these things? He said, no, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Why? Because he was convinced that Jesus is alive. I love these verses in Matthew 25, uh, 28. After Jesus has resurrected, I love these verses because it explains the truth of the story now. And it pins it once again. As I mentioned earlier, the Bible was written in print. The voice of God was written in print so you can hear it, receive it, and also change your life with it. But he goes on to say in Matthew 28, he said, The angel, of the, the, the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus. She was looking for Jesus, right? Who was crucified. Bore our pain. By his stripes we are healed. He took a cat of nine tails. He took the beating and the whipping and all these things. Crucified. Crucified means put to death. And he says, he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he laid. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you in Galilee. There you will see him now I have told you. He says, so the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. That's why today we are filled with joy. Why? Because he is not there. He is risen. And therefore, I am full of joy that I serve a risen, living Savior. You should be jumping off your couches right now. And he ran to tell the disciples Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped their feet, and worshiped him. 
Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell your brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Man, I'm going to tell you something. You will see on the screen, and I want you to write this down. Write this down as you see this on the screen. Fill your mind, fill your mind, because everything starts with a thought. A thought starts with a seed. A seed grows in your heart, not the overflow of your heart. Your mouth will speak. Right now, I want to encourage you, fill your mind with this thought. Number one, fill your mind with three things. Number one, he is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Verse 6 of that chapter 28, he's talking about it is finished. Jesus finished what he said he would do. He laid down his life for you. When the enemy tries to come in like a flood, you need to remind the enemy that it is finished. God completed the work. Number two, he is not there. And if he's not there, where is he? He's with God in heaven, seated at the right-hand side of the Father, making intercession for you. He is not there. I love this. Another one. He has risen. As you walk in this life, you need to remember these three things. It is finished. He is not there. He is risen. He's alive, and I don't know about you, but that's exciting. In 1 Corinthians 15, 54 and 55, it explains about this. Because he's alive, it says this. He says, when the perishable had seen the clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality, they were saying, it is written, will come true. Death, now watch this. Death has been swallowed up, up in victory. And I love verse 55. Death has been swallowed up. Why? Because Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. He overcome the onslaughts of the enemy. He overcome the persecution. He overcome that. The enemy may have celebrated on Friday, but thank God it's Sunday. And he overcame death, hell, and the grave. And I'm here to tell you, look at this. Where, oh, death, is your victory? Where, oh, death, is your sting? You see, because Jesus... Jesus lives today, and he lives within us no matter what happens with this virus and all the fear that's going on with us right now. I'm here to tell you when I read from Genesis, the revelation and everything in between it, guess what? You and I win because he rose again, and he now lives within us. So whatever happens with this mortal body, man, I know that my destiny one day will soon be with Jesus. Why? Because Jesus conquered death, hell, and in the grave. But I love after that, after Jesus went to Galilee and showed himself, Jesus went on a tour. Jesus went on a tour, and he went on a tour to show himself to many people. And if you see on the screen, Jesus' resurrection tour, I love this. Number one, his first stop, he appeared to the woman near the tomb. Man, how cool. Another one is this. He appeared to the followers in the upper room. Can you imagine? Here all of them, they were probably mourning. They were probably grieving, just like the experience that Lazarus had when Jesus showed up on the scene three days later after Lazarus had died. They were mourning. They were grieving. But Jesus said, Lazarus, come out of that tomb and take off those grave clothes. Can you imagine when Jesus showed himself in the upper room? There was all of a sudden jubilee, excitement. Oh, man, man, they were probably screaming to the top of their lungs. It is true. It is true that what you said, Lord, has happened. 
Can you imagine that? I love it. He doesn't stop there on his tour. He appeared to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and the other 12 minus one. He appeared to them. Another one is this. He did. He appeared to his friends on the shore of Galilee. When I wrote that down, it really hit me. Jesus said he sticks closer to us than a brother. He's a friend that will never leave you. And no matter where we are, Jesus is always there. He's your best friend. And I love this last one. They even touched his body and heard his voice. They touched his body and even heard his voice. How much proof do we need to believe in the one who died for us and now lives, get that, now lives for us? You say, Pastor CJ, what do you mean lives for us? He lives to guide you. He lives to protect you. He lives to provide for you even in this time right now. That's what our God lives for. He gets excited to be able to do these things for you. Jesus burned the bridge so that we could be set free from sin and death and hell and the grave. We are alive because of him. And I want to encourage you today that Jesus is alive. Don't let him be at arm's length of your relationship with him. Don't just be an acquaintance with him, but you have to invite him into your heart and into your life. You see, listen, the results of the resurrection, and I want you to write these now down. In a moment, what I want you to write on your blank piece of paper is what God gave to you. Put it at the top. What Jesus gave to you. And then fold it in half and then put at the bottom of the or at the middle of the page, what can I give to Jesus? So what Jesus gave to me, and I want you to write these down in a moment, what Jesus gave to me and what I can give to Jesus. Number one, the first thing or the results of the resurrection that Jesus gave to us, number one is this. He gave us a new life. That Jesus gave us a new life. That he gave us a new life. The results of the resurrection. So write that down. John chapter 10, verse 10. The devil comes to kill, rob, or destroy. But I come to give you life and life more abundantly. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And I hope you're writing these verses down. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He gave us life. The second thing he gave us is this. He gave us Hope. Isn't that exciting that through the resurrection, he gave us hope? Why hope? Because don't you need hope right now? Hope means that everything is going to be okay. Right now, we're in this situation that we're going through right now. Man, some people are feeling hopeless, despair, and all these different things that they're feeling. But because of the resurrection, he can give you hope. In other words, he's going to say to you that everything is going to be okay. Hope says everything is going to be okay because he is in control. Another thing I want you to write this down, that God or Jesus gave to you through the resurrection, he gave us peace. He gave us peace. And if you're taking notes, write this verse of Scripture down. John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, I give you peace, not as the world gives, but I give you peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Don't we all need peace right now? Our minds are probably going crazy. We're probably all full of fear and worry and doubt and concern about what's going to happen down the road. How much longer can we go through this? 
peace. You ever wonder why God gave us peace? Because peace in the midst of the storm gives you a sound mind to make right decisions. And right now, you need to anchor yourself to the peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding. I love this. The greatest time in our history is that we need peace and everything that goes with it today. Lastly, I want you to write this down, that God gave us this. Write this down. He gave us miracles for today. That the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is still alive, and he does miracles for today. In Luke chapter 18, verse 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. If God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, he's given us miracles. You can expect to believe a miracle right now. Didn't God send the ravens when the Israelites needed them? Didn't he send quail when they needed a miracle? Didn't he raise Lazarus from the dead? God is the same God back then as he is today. God gave us miracles. Start expecting a miracle in your life. Maybe your cupboards are empty right now. Maybe you need to start believing for a miracle right now. The resurrection Sunday is every day. Let's celebrate the one one and only who lives today. I love this last point. Let's put our hope not in man, but in the man, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I have in my pocket today a quarter. I close with this. And on the front, it's George Washington. And in the back, it's, it's a, a description of a, a, a monument but sometimes our life is like this, and maybe this is you. Whoever may be listening, maybe you are questioning about God. Do you believe or don't believe? But you're like this coin. And here's what I want you to do. Before I flip this coin, I want you to pick heads or tails. And this is what our life is like when we say we don't believe Jesus. We have a 50-50 chance. Is he right? Is he alive? Or is he not? Are you ready? I want you to also tell your people who are you sitting by right now. Tell them what you are picking right now. Tell them if you're picking a head or you're picking tails. Can you do that? Now, let me flip the coin. If you pick the tail, you won. But think about the people who picked the head. That's what it's like. When you vacillate, do I believe or don't believe in Jesus? Do I accept him or don't accept him? You have a 50-50 chance of making eternal life. Why don't you come on the good side? Why don't you come away, as Star Wars says, from the dark side and come back to Jesus? How do you do that? By inviting Jesus Christ into your heart, the resurrected, living Savior, who wants to come into your heart. He said, behold, I stand at your door and knock. If anyone opens a door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Maybe you were the head. It's not too late to turn it to the tail by inviting Jesus into your heart. Can you do me a favor right now? For those that are right now watching, maybe you need to accept Jesus in your heart. Maybe you need to ask him to come and you need to get off the fence. What a great opportunity today to give your heart to God on this very special, special day, Resurrected Sunday, where Jesus looks and dwells within a temple of his people. You have to invite him. 
And by inviting them, is it saying, God, I want you in my heart. So today, as Pastor Andrew is beginning to play in the background, as we're going to close because he lives, I want to pray this prayer. Will you pray this with Cheryl and I today? Will you pray this with us of accepting Jesus in your heart? Heavenly Father, come into my heart today. I don't want to be on that fence. I don't want to be that one God who's lost. I invite you in as Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my wrongs, my faults, my failures, and my sins. Come alive in me, Lord, because you are alive. Transform me, change me, and rearrange me. I thank you, Father, for new life, new hope, and new beginning in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, please consider supporting us. You can make an easy and safe donation on our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com slash give. Thank you for your generous donation.